0: Hello and welcome to Mac Gamecast episode 16, a podcast where we talk about Macs, uh, Mac gaming, tech history, culture, all kinds of fun things. With me tonight is Sam. How are you doing, sir?
1: Hey, I'm doing very well. Thank you.
0: Thank you for being here. And Ted, how are you, my friend?
2: I'm doing very well. Thank you.
0: Fantastic. So today's show is going to be a hands-on discussion with the new MacBook Pros Apple released. We had an episode about our predictions, an episode covering just the news. We all immediately—well, not all. Three out of four of us, or five of us, immediately ordered one. They came in this Tuesday for Sam and I casper's won't deliver till a couple more weeks so we'll hear from him he's got an upgraded machine so i am curious to hear from casper in maybe a month or something (laughs) um what what he's got but yeah we've got some hands-on xp with sam and i uh ted's got some stuff about benchmarks uh we'll talk about a bunch of bunch of stuff maybe wrap up with a few game mentions because um it's halloween or about to be halloween and all that fun stuff and there's a steam sale on you know spooky and horror games so good time to play something uh thematic so um sam you've got a 14 inch macbook pro right in your hands or even two of them so um maybe you want to open with talking about your you know what are your impressions of it is it is it set you know is it living up to your expectations or your predictions like your actual hands-on feel and use
1: yeah so i have the base 14 like the absolute base model um it's really really nice um, just like the the first like initial impression that like that I got was just like the machine just feels uh, just so nice and uh, mm-hmm. it's like thick and like heavy but like like in a good way not in like a cumbersome way but just like it feels just like a really high quality piece like right. the hint has like screen hinge is perfect when you're opening it up um, and uh, it's just such a nice machine and I know this isn't a new thing for these new m1 pros and maxes but uh, the instant on that came out with the original m1 chip is like i didn't think i'd read about that like a year ago when the m1 first came out and was like oh like instant on like that's every laptop has that it's like (laughs) weird how much i like it like i have um i have the 14 inch beside me on my left and i have my work fully loaded intel 16 inch on my right Hmm. um the m1 pro machine you can like turn it off and on or like lock it or whatever you want to say like as if it was like a phone or an ipad um can't do that with the intel machine if you like open and close the lid too fast on the intel machine you might uh you might cause like a kernel panic or something <laughs> well, it's uh yeah just like it's not even like a, a benchmark thing but just like it's uh it's really nice i did some video editing um in davinci resolve
0: mm-hmm.
1: um performance is really good i don't have like the most strenuous workloads but um, my export times were around similar to my fairly powerful desktop computer, um, right? With like a high core Ryzen CPU and the NVIDIA 3070, so it was about a five minute export on both of them for the for the same video clip. So it's that's not like a super scientific test, but it's um, it's it's competing with my desktop for video editing.
0: Nice. Yeah. No, that's that's absolutely the target. Apple's target market with these machines, I mean, it really always has been with their pro line, targeting audio, video professionals, um, or you know, I buy video. I'm also including things like photography and visual, visual or audio, mm-hmm. auditory stuff has been their target market for very long time in their pro lines, um, and that hasn't changed here. The good news is, yeah, absolutely, out of the box, I was also very impressed immediately. The look, the feel, I was just like wow. This Apple stuff's always been premium, but this is like next level premium. Like, like you said, really thick and not like. Well, I have the 16 inch, so it's a bit heavier, in a good way. Um, it has this really cool etched MacBook Pro on the bottom. Um, I wanna, I can't talk enough. My my main thing so far is the display. It is so gorgeous and so nice to look at. Like, I just want to stare at it and like move my mouse around. It's just so nice and rich and. It's just just a really nice display. Whatever they put in there, um, absolutely beautiful. Um, yeah, you know, super snappy startup, shutdown, sleep, file transfers. I am I have been doing some testing um, of like file copying and installing stuff and everything between my you know super twenty twenty Intel iMac and that, and the quicker SSD is noticeable. Uh, it really is. It's two and a half times faster, roughly. Um, so that's been nice. I didn't do any, uh, like productivity tests yet. I want to, uh, at the moment, I'm mostly just dealing with things like, uh, mostly just in relation to the podcast right now. Um, like, but I do export the podcasts and the podcast export itself is just an audio file. So it's very quick. But when I do a YouTube export, it basically treats it as a video because it has to, um, So that actually takes a while to export. So I haven't tested that yet. I am curious to basically compare it to my Intel iMac in uh, ScreenFlow is the app I use. So that'll be interesting. I did do some testing on Borderlands three and a couple other like indie games, Uh, and I was it was in line with my expectations when I talked about uh, previous podcasts. Like you could in most case, like an average case, you could probably double your performance, and it really did. It went from like the M ones, the regular M ones um, like 20 FPS, then I'm one air anyway, to, yeah, about 40 to 50, depending on the scene in general. Um, now Borderlands 3 is not a well-optimized game on Mac, and the FPS isn't very stable, even on my Uber iMac. I don't know if there is a Mac that runs at stable. If there is, I would love to know which one, because that'd be great, because it's a really fun game. Um, but nonetheless, the FPS is a huge boost, and I was running it, I think, at Pretty high resolution, pretty high settings. That, that FPS could be way jacked up with lowered settings and resolution. Right, it could probably get up to like 80 or something or 90 even. Wouldn't be surprised. Um So yeah, pretty impressed by that. Quick test. I mean, it's a giant game. It's a 205 gigabyte download. Um But that's because I have all the DLC. It's half that if you only buy the core game. Um, but I'll stop rambling about Borderlands 3. I am in the process, actually, of writing a review for it for the site and inside my game forums. Actually, I've had, like, 90% of it done for a long time. <laughs> I just got to go, <laughs> go and finish it. So that'll be released anyone who's, like... Oh, two, why are you talking about a two year old game? Well, because they've more or less treated it as a, not a live service game, but they're still updating it. It's still getting patched, still getting tweaked. They're still adding events. They're still buffing and nerfing things. They're still adding new content. Um, like it's very, it's very much an alive game, even though it's two years old now. So still worth a mention. Um, but back to the, the Apple hardware, uh, keyboard's really nice. The trackpad is, in my opinion, ludicrously oversized. Um, in my left palm, when I just rest, you know, on the computer to type is always touching the keep the trackpad, like resting on it, which kind of throws me off and seems to occasionally like, you know, mess with my trackpad use a little bit, not constantly, but like, I don't know, once every few minutes or several minutes. It's a little, that's my only real nitpick about the machine so far, um, is the trackpad thing, uh, in relation, I don't know, it's just so big. I mean, it doesn't. Really doesn't need to be that big in my opinion. I don't have a measure on me right now, but oh my like it's huge. Anyway, may, maybe I'm just a weirdo.
1: It's the same size. It it is massive. It's the same size as the previous 16, I believe.
0: Okay, um, I never I never actually like hands-on one of those, so I never thought about it. Um I'm looking
1: at it now, it goes from like the left command key to the right option key.
0: Yeah, I wanna I wanna yeah. like take a oh, it's just like it could be half that size and still be fine. or It needs to lose probably like 30%, and then it'd be good in my book. But anyway, that's not going to happen. Um, oh, yeah, let's talk about the notch really quick, the infamous notch. Um, I didn't even really notice it at all, honestly. Uh, and as Casper mentioned in a previous show, you can, in fact, hide your mouse behind it, behind it which is pretty funny um, if you want to. I mean, it's up in the Apple bar, so you have no real reason to like stick your mouse there. Because it's in the middle, and all your Apple stuffs on the left and the right uh, of, of that menu bar. Um, yeah, but as soon as I started using the machine, it just faded. Like I didn't notice the notch much, like when I use. The my only phone. time
1: I noticed it was DaVinci Resolve has a ton of menus, mm. like like top bar menus, and okay. the menus spilled over to the right side of the notch. Uh. Um, even at like the highest. Uh, the word be like the screen scaling that makes it look like you have the biggest screen, or the okay, right? Yeah, ever, okay, it like mm-hmm. looks like 1800 by
0: right, which is what it was, yeah, the the default is one below that, so you can't bump yeah. it up by one. Um, but it wasn't a huge
1: deal, it was just like, yeah, apparently, I noticed yeah, it.
0: Apparently, you can tell an app to scale to fit below the camera. Uh, I just pulled up this article. Apple has an official support article on this. So if you go to your app info, like Command-I or right-click and do get info, um, there's now a new little button toggle called it says, Scale to Fit Below Built-in Camera. So that would theoretically prevent that problem from happening for you. I guess uh, I'd have to test it out, but maybe you can check it out sometime and let us know if it.
1: The if any good. The one really nice thing with the notch that I've... I well I, I like it a lot. So I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but if you use apps on full screen in macOS, if you put your mouse up there, maybe you're not intending to actually like get the OS controls up, but you move your mouse a little bit too high and then the OS controls appear from the top of the screen and it moves everything right. down by like a little bit. Yeah. On these new machines with a taller screen, it doesn't do that. All your content doesn't ever move and the menu bar will appear in the black area that's like to the left and right of the notch If you move your mouse up there but if your mouse isn't there so i do it like probably daily where i'm like trying to click something i overshoot my mouse too high (laughs) the os controls come up and then i click the wrong spot because it shifted everything by like 50 pixels Um, yeah 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 yeah. It is really nice. I like that they did that a lot because I really don't like that behavior on full screen. Yeah,
0: I I wonder if that's a Monterey thing or is it specific to those machines? Because I haven't tried it on another device. I think it's specific to
1: those machines because they have that extra space just waiting essentially for the menu bar to be there.
0: Right. Yeah, uh, we should still do like some sort of Monterey review sometime, which is OS um, Wait, is it OS 12 or just 11.6? I, I think they're remember. calling it
2: 12. I think it's 12.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I'm so tired right now. I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't even bother checking that. Um, Yeah, but overall, uh, I've also shown the machine off to my brother and a couple other buddies. Um, Just quickly, you know, a couple minute previews. They've all been really impressed with it. Um, You know, same thing, picking it up, looking at it. Oh, great. Lots of ports. These are all guys with much older um, Mac machines. means like 8 to 10 years. And they're thinking of upgrading. They haven't really been impressed with the last five or odd years, so they've just been waiting. And now they're like, "Oh yeah, like this feels like a machine worth upgrading for and paying that, you know, whatever it is—twenty-two, twenty-four, twenty-five, depending on your config, up to th- whatever. I guess three and a half grand, but two two and a half grand." Um, yeah, feels really good. First impressions are great. Performance is really nice. Battery life's incredible. I've been testing that just phenomenal battery life mega fast charging uh, other nice details the uh the power cord the mag safe cord is also nice and braided now which is a really nice touch um they're much more durable basically as far as i understand and they're less prone to uh, like splitting the casing tubing whatever on the wires less prone to splitting over time i'm pretty sure with the braided cord um so that's a really nice touch um the new, the new camera is really nice. I mean, I only tested it in, what do you call, photo booth. <laughs> so I haven't hopped on, like, a Discord video call or, or Skype or something with it yet. But it is, yeah, camera's really nice. Um, captures even, like, low lighting pretty good. Uh, yeah, speakers are pretty solid. Again, we, we poked fun at Apple's advertising at them for being, like, over the top. Um, Theater level. Audio. Yeah, uh, definitely not. But honestly, like... They're way they're the best laptop speakers I've used. Um, that being said, I also haven't used a lot of laptops recently, so they're maybe the, they're the best. Yeah, I think by a mile. I use them pretty much all day today at work. I brought my laptop to work and just I I have a set of speakers there which aren't very good, honestly. I normally plug my phone into them, but I was like, you know what, I want to check out the computer speakers, and they were like, yeah, really good. So, Apple's Apple's advertising was bombastic and over the top, but they are very good. So yeah, my only nitpick is, uh, the oversized trackpad and it's a very small nitpick. Um, but yeah, sort of on to the, the heart of the discussion really is okay. Great, great hardware feels great. looks great, you know, easy to use. Everyone likes it so far, but how does it, you know, how does it really perform? Um, how does it do in like gaming? How does it do in other things? Ted, did you have perhaps some, some stats or info for us on, on some performance?
2: Well, I was just looking at some you know other sites online that you know some people were um, trying out some games and you know putting up the um, the frames per second, and it looks like it's doing pretty well. Um, I don't have any specific numbers, but um, it, it, the the overall is if it's. You know, there's. I don't think there's anything that's optimized for M1 right now. That's a AAA game. Anything that I'm aware of. Uh, you could correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but
0: I guess like World of Warcraft, maybe if you call maybe, it that AAA. Yeah, I
2: didn't see any stats on that one, but that one doesn't really. I mean, I rarely, whenever I played, I rarely ran into any issues. No, I don't actually.
0: I don't actually think of MMOs as AAA games because they're yeah, by well, nature yeah. not like super demanding because yeah. they're meant to but have the, wide appeal
2: the games that you know i i looked at stats on it seemed like it you know in performing with rosetta layer on it it was doing very very well i mean better than i would have expected with rosetta and and decently when you looked at maybe doing something through parallels if you are using you know trying to play a pc game but um again you you know there's a loss of frame rate as you go you know with all the different layers
0: yeah, I would like to get into the um non-native stuff uh a bit for sure. Um but uh again non-native referring to things like uh parallels and crossover, not uh not right. referring to Rosetta. Um see our previous podcast about that, native versus non-native games. Right.
1: Right. I had some some Andrew Ty who we, we had on a few episodes ago. His channel has really, really good content on game mm-hmm. performance.
2: Oh, um, really? Nice.
0: I'm
1: hoping he uploads a video comparing it to Intel machines. I don't know if he has access to Intel machines, but if he does, it'd be awesome to see. But he has one right now. I just watched it about an hour ago. It's called M1 Pro versus M1 Max. Nice. Uh, six times gaming benchmarks. So what this video does is it shows you the M1, the 14-core m1 pro the 16 core m1 pro and the 32 core m1 max all like they have their own each has their own quadrant and they're showing the identical gameplay with frame rate um really really cool video for just c- comparing like how much better are these new chips especially in gaming um so i don't i i would say definitely go watch that video or anybody listening i don't want to like steal his thunder um but what i've sort of summarize from the video is like if if the base m1 is like our like one that's our base like 1.0 performance the 14 mm. core is a bit more than double so it's like 2.1 or 2.2 yeah the 16 core is like slightly better um and then the 32 core is about it's, it's about four times the performance of the base m1 and it's about maybe 60 to 70 percent faster than the the 16 core um M1 mm, interesting. Pro. Interesting.
0: and one interesting
1: interesting i think the reason why the 14 core is a bit over double the performance because people might see that and go like 14 cores isn't double eight which is what the base on one
0: yeah
1: has right um the reason for that i think is the memory speed um it has mm-hmm. it still has a 200 gigs per second memory whereas the base on one only has like 60 gigabits per second or something yeah so yeah about... that was
0: yeah that was my impression as well it was uh, referring to my 16 inch Machine yeah. versus my M1 Air um, was it was a bit more than double, it yeah, more like that 2.1, 2.2 feel to it. Um, yeah, for reference, um, I mean, this is the only uh sad part is we don't actually have any, we have tons of great games to play, and lot, and they'll work very well on M1 machines, let alone the M1 Pros and the M1 Maxes. Um, Sorry, you might hear a train in the background. I don't know what's with the trains and what I'm doing the podcast. Like never happens. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, then again, uh go check out Andy's video, Andy Tizer, on YouTube. Um we had him on in episode five. Yeah, he's got like an eight minute video, super great benchmarks. Um but you know, he's benchmarking benchmarking games like batman arkham city which i think is from 2012 total world warhammer 2 sleeping dogs Deus six mankind divided shadow of the Tomb Raider, these are all phenomenal games i'd rate them all like like best in class basically for their respective genres um i've played them all through i've reviewed most of them um phenomenal games but they aren't like we don't have like a hot we've already discussed this on the show so i don't want to beat the like beat a dead horse or whatever um um, and as Ted was saying, yeah, but there's not really, by native, it means non-Rosetta. Uh, AAA games, the few that are out there is like, wow, and Disco Elysium, and uh, there's one or two more, but I'm pretty sure they're all like indie or max AA kind of games. There's no like, you know, brand new, you know, I mean, the the, the biggest thing is we have is like Metro Exodus, which was released for Mac this year. Um, honestly, the, that already ran really well on the M1s, the M1, like the regular M1 chip, uh, like, so pro- like I was shocked how well it ran on an M1 chip. So double, triple, quadruple that performance on a Pro or Max chip would be like, wow, you're just, that game is really well optimized to begin with. So it'd just be like super zoomy mode. Um, I I think, I don't think Andy showed that game off, probably because it doesn't have a benchmark. And I think all the games he showed off have literal like benchmark tools in them, which is probably why he picked them. I suspect. Right. Yeah. Or he doesn't own the games. I don't know. You <laughs> <laughs> have to ask him. Yeah, we'll um, we'll get
1: it to him on Steam.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, the good news is, regardless of the availability of X new games, they are like very good. Um, yeah. They're very, very promising.
1: I've been watching quite a bit of content on just like the performance analysis, and it, it varies, I would say, quite a bit by workload like um if you're using Final Cut or like Logic Pro like those Apple obviously optimized apps um the performance is like insanely good like borderline like competing with like a fifteen thousand dollar desktop Mac Pro. Um Hmm. if you're using so like I saw um one review it was showing kills here's video editing and Final Cut performance is absolutely just off the charts. And he's like then here's the same video and we're doing it in Premiere pro, um which is obviously less optimized so in those situations, the laptop was still really really good. it wasn't like um i would say it was more like uh, it wasn't punching above its weight, but it was still performing really really well. it mm-hmm. wasn't like competing with a six figure not six figure five figure macro. <laughs> um but it it was performing like a three thousand dollar laptop should it just wasn't performing like a ten thousand dollar desktop so right um yeah, so I think, but DaVinci Resolve is—I know these are all video editing apps, not really video assets—but I bring it up because it's a third-party app. It's not like Apple has zero ownership of DaVinci. Right. Um, it's really, really well optimized. So if you're using other third-party apps, they—they—they they, they could get there if uh, the developer chooses to. I assume Adobe apps will be there pretty soon.
0: Yeah, um, it's a pop as you know, it's a popular market. For, you know, the pro level applications, I'm sure more of them will tune up, tune up their apps, um, especially Adobe stuff and everything. Like you've said, well, all of them, probably not every single one. Does everyone video edit? No. Do a lot of people? Yes. I mean, even people who do game stuff, I mean, they do ca- like casual YouTubing. Same thing for me. I, I muck around and though no, I just use ScreenFlow. I'm not sure how well optimized that is in comparison to something like Final Cut. Um, or Adobe Premiere or DaVinci, um, actually have, I think, a trial of DaVinci or whatever, or the free version. I think there's a free version. Um, I forget. Yeah, it's free. Or there's a um, the free version. Right. Um, I have it. I meant to check it out and like, see if it's any better. Um, that's just on my Intel machine. I haven't tried anything with my M1 Pro. I just, other than, yeah. I think the first thing I did was set it up and download Borderlands 3 and, test it <laughs> it's as far as i got i didn't like uh you know there's there's tons of channels doing performance benchmarks i mean maybe i'll throw out a few on the channel my gamecast video but um you know either you know andy tizer or mr mack Wright or um probably some other channels have already put out like multiple performance videos like right away so they're they're on top of it i'm, I'm behind but um Yeah, it bodes well for all current games, basically. They'll run, basically, really nicely on a Pro or a Max. And it bodes well for the future when, again, this is stuff running through a Rosetta layer, as Ted was saying. Um, I can't remember if Baldur's Gate 3 already has an ARM version, like a non-Rosetta version. uh, Which is, you know, Baldur's Gate 3 is an early access by Larian. Um, That's basically a AAA RPG, if RPGs Um, can be considered AAA.
2: Yeah, I believe that one does. I was just looking at looking at some more stuff on this, and I think Bialdor's Gate actually has a, na- a native version. For, yeah, which is, is cool. That. Yeah,
0: yeah. I was say,
1: hopefully they do because they Apple showed them off when they uh, unveiled the M one last year. Yeah, Gate three was it, in yeah, like, the keynote. So
0: it was um, back then. They didn't have it released, but it was like they did special optimization for like it can run. On like the M1, like the seven core GPU M1 airs, it won't run particularly well, but it can run. Um, you really need to go kind of go like one step up and then it, then it can get like 30 FPS or something. But I think cause that was a while ago, you know, a year ago. So, or almost a year ago. So, uh, I believe I haven't kept up with the game. So, cause I'm basically waiting to dive into it once it's out of early access. I'm trying to avoid like spoiling myself, so to speak. Um,
1: Mr. McRae has a video titled First Native AAA M1 Game, Polish Gate 3 Performance. that's in July of this year. So I think it took took a
0: while. Yeah, I was pretty sure they had it out. I just couldn't recall. Thank you, Mr. McRae. And thank you, Sam, for putting that out. Um, So that should should be... uh, So Larian Studios, I mean, they're longtime favorites of mine because they made Divinity Original Sin 1 and 2. I backed both those games on Kickstarter way back in the day. Um, so I was like original supporter. I was heavily involved in the division of original sin beta. It's actually how I basically made my YouTube channel like grow. It was literally off division original sin videos, mostly tutorials. Um, I think I spent like 150 hours in the beta alone. <laughs> I spent more time in the beta in the first region of the game than I ever did playing the rest of the game. Once it released, um, kind of silly, but, um, yeah, there's studio that's dear to my heart. Um, They've always come out with Mac support, though Division the Original Sin 2 was really delayed. I think it took a year, year and a half or something before they bought Mac support. That was a little weird. Um, Baldur's Gate 3, though, right up a couple of weeks or something after they started Early Access, they added the Mac version. That's because apparently part of their team is actually a Mac porting group called Elveris, E-L-V-E-R-I-S, I believe. Um, and so they're like, but they also do some third-party stuff, and they've helped port some other games. But they're apparently part of Larian. It's like Galarian's internal team. So I guess on the side, they, like, go help port other games or something. I'm a little unclear on how it works, um, but I find that very interesting. And I'm mostly just happy that, um, you know, a studio of this size and this quality uh, has basically, like, a dedicated internal Mac team. And not only do they make a Mac port, they make a very well-optimized Mac port. It's like, oh, yeah, now we're talking. This is This is what I want to see more of. Will we? Who knows? But. Could we maybe? It's a start. Yeah, that's you know. But you have to like RPGs. <laughs> if you yes, don't, do. then then it doesn't really matter because uh, you'll look elsewhere for your gaming. But if you do, they make some of the best, if not like the best, or I guess CRPGs really uh, these days. So not like Diablo style. Um, really good stuff there.
1: One last thing I I wanted to point out. Um this hasn't been like confirmed yet with the new machines the new MacBook pros but mm-hmm. it looks like the batteries are in fact somewhat replaceable with it. the old mm-hmm. ones for reference were like horrible to replace cuz they were like glued in and you have to like use like a <laughs> heat gun and like a knife and like you might cut the battery and cause like a fire and <laughs> um people have noticed the new ones have tabs on them to like pull them up so i don't think i've seen conclusive like you can use to replace these cuz they've only been out for like a week but um, right. it looks like that'll be the case. And if so, that'll be really nice for people who want to keep these machines for, like, five-plus years because of the batteries. It's, a—it's uh, like, the only component that literally wears out.
0: Right, so. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, um, if, like, anyone's wondering to themselves, listening, like, should I buy an M1 Pro or M1 Max to game on? Uh Once again, it really depends what kind of games you're trying to play, more than anything. Uh, It also depends maybe, like, what are you currently playing on, if anything? You're not assuming you're not a new, like, newcomer. If you're a newcomer, yeah, they're a phenomenal place to start. If you already have a machine, um, hard to say, really. It's like, yeah, what kind of games do you want to play? What kind of performance do you want from your games, right? What's your budget? Blah, blah, blah. Let's assume you can afford one of the new machines. Or one Mm -hmm. of the even the maxes, your budget's basically two and a half to three and a half thousand dollars, and you're cool with that. Um, Should you buy one for gaming? I'm almost reluctant to say yes, only not because of their power, but because of the like lack of new snazzy games to run in them. You'd just be running, generally speaking, outside of like Borderlands Three. It's like the only game that would stress this these machines out in any capacity (laughs) Mm -hmm. i don't think there's literally a mac game on the market besides borderlands 3 that would like come close to stressing out these these new like the power of these new machines especially on like a max um
1: they're also um i i really love the new machines but like should you buy it for gaming like if you have tons of money then sure if you don't care about the cost right they're not like meant for gaming i would just maybe qualify with that like they're they're Mm. really really nice productivity machines that can perform really well in games if you want that performance for hopefully quite a bit less money they should have that upcoming mac mini refresh in the next i don't know who knows it's rumors, but. In in twenty twenty two at some point, which will probably have this C, this chip, the M1 Pro M1 Max. Right. For obviously a much lower cost because you're not getting a yeah. mini LED display and you're not getting these massive batteries and
0: yeah. crazy speakers. And you could just everything. throw on like a two to three hundred dollar monitor and have like a super yeah. machine. Um yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you can wait, you maybe wait. Um, or if you're only playing lower end games essentially, well the M one the M1 Air and M1 13-inch machines are already really good, or that there's an M1 Mini already, and they perform really well on all kinds of games. Um, but, you know, higher more demanding games will require you to play in, like, low settings. So if you want medium to high, yeah, ideally, you know, in my case, it's like I combo. I buy my machines because I do work on them and I do generate income by working on them, and I want to use them for gaming so it works out. Um, yeah, unless you just you just you just have the funds and you're cozy. It is hard to recommend it as a gaming-only machine at this time. That could change next year with uh, the release of certain hardware like the mini Sam just mentioned. could change with newer games that come along. Um, Total War Warhammer 3 would probably be the only one on the horizon that would uh, be, be demanding. And Farrell's porting it, so you know they're going to optimize it really nicely. Um, that would be another game that would like... But you're going to spend two and a half thousand dollars to buy, play a sixty dollars game really well. I mean, if you want to, sure, I'm not <laughs> going to stop you. Should you? I mean, that's a different question. Um, in relation to the non-native stuff, I mean, part of me is like, yeah, like if you're if you're going to buy one of these machines just to install like Parallels and Crossover or whatever, I almost want to. I don't know. I almost want to laugh. I think it's silly. Um, I would, I would stick with a. I would just go to streaming, I guess. I'm such an advocate for that. GeForce Now. um, Or if your game... Your main kind of games you want to play aren't in GeForce Now, uh, then just go check out Shadow. um, Because it just gives you a literal PC and you install whatever you want. Um, Any game will will run on it quite nicely for similar pricing. So... um, But some people really like to tinker with parallels and crossover. Um, So, you know, that's up to them. But... Uh, I think Crossover was delayed um, Monterey support. They put out some post about that a week or so ago. I can't quite recall what their deadline was. So I don't know if Crossover even works on the new machines yet. Parallels, I'm pretty sure already does, because I guess Andy, Andy Tizer's been testing things like GTA five and Crisis and all this jazz. I actually don't know how he's running them, but I'm assuming it's Parallels. Um,
1: I think he's using Crossover, just the old version.
0: Oh okay okay maybe it's just there's not a new version ready yet all right Yeah, I yeah the video that was done that by detail.
2: Mr um, I was just going to say the video that was done by Mr right on YouTube he was actually using crossover 17 for uh, huh. some of the games Right so.
0: there is an eight, there is an 18 it must so. just not be uh Yeah I think he actually list,
2: he actually lists which one Oh actually no I take it back There's some of them he was using crossover 21 <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Oh. okay i guess so, i don't
0: know what that post was and about. parallel
2: 17 yeah so yeah he he actually listed you know what he was specifically was using for um to to make the game oh, okay. play on it so but along with the frame okay range,
0: yeah so. okay crossover is the latest one and they're saying okay apparently crossover 21 on monterey is delayed or for a little bit yeah. or something.
2: Yeah, I think that's... I, ha, I I actually get emails from our crossover because I own a, co- a copy of it. And I haven't... Heard, I got the message that it was going to be delayed, but I haven't heard that it's available for Monterey yet.
0: No. Okay, or it's even like the next version, Crossover 21.1 won't run or something, but 21 will, uh, some weirdness. Um, yeah. Once Runs again... Via
1: Rosetta. Maybe.
0: right once again like these machines have pretty good power um if you were running an m1 machine or maybe more of like an average intel machine you'll definitely see performance gains here because even the m1 could do like ludicrous things and crossover um that i could never really imagine it could so by m1 i just mean the regular m1 the one from last year to, to be i kind of wish they didn't call it just the m1 pro and the m1 max because if you just say m1 it's like well which one um but <laughs> But, yeah, um, so of course, the pro and the max, will you see a two to four times performance gain in crossover? That's I actually have no idea about. Uh, i would I would debate that because you're adding another layer, even multiple layers to running the game, not just through Rosetta. So how much of a performance boost you'll see in like non-native um gaming? I'm not clear on, but it is to be sure that you will see a performance gain. Um, all the non-native stuff basically, the better the stronger more powerful your hardware the stronger uh, sup- the better experience you're gonna have um mm-hmm. you can just like if you have enough hardware like if you have like some tricked out mac pro or something you can just like brute force practically run anything through like parallels <laughs> on like ultra 60 fps because you have like 128 gigs of ram and however i don't know 64 gig or two i don't know how many graphics cards you can shove in the mac pros and all that like I re- you know, there's some guy on Reddit um, mentioning that out of curiosity. Like, oh, you know, I'm a professional video guy with, like, some $10,000 machine or even more. And, yeah, he was just, like, brute forcing, essentially, a bunch of games in parallels. It was kind of funny. So, um, how much you can do that with the M1 Pro and the M1 Max? Um, not sure, but probably, probably quite a bit. But your best bet is absolutely that you're buying one of these new machines for... Some other purpose, in addition to, hey, I also like to play games, that's your best, like, value for money. Um, At the moment, it's tough to recommend them as a pure gaming machine unless you don't care about the money, and it's all good. In which case, absolutely buy one. They're phenomenal. They look great, feel great. They're a joy to use. Um, And I absolutely cannot wait until um, this kind of tech and, uh, like, display quality hopefully comes to whatever new iMacs they cook up next year in 2022 really hyped for that yeah that'll be nice yeah because i already noticed the difference going from my my a 16 inch macbook pro to my iMac i'm like it doesn't look as good <laughs> <laughs> it, it's like it's almost annoying my eyes are like hey yeah, this the 120
1: like, hertz might play into that too
0: i think so i think so is um, it
1: just like feels nicer even if you yeah. can't quite put your finger on it and it's yes high refresh Absolutely. right
0: yeah it's just smoother it's smoother it's also a little brighter i mentioned the brightness in a previous mm-hmm. episode i think um mostly because i wear amber tinted computer glasses from gunner so um a brighter display helps so yeah um and that's like our hands-on comments um yeah, for for benchmarking stuff, check out Mr. MacRight and Andy Tizer on YouTube. Um, they'll have you covered, and of course, there's sites like uh, Bare Feats, which uh, Ted was looking at for benchmarks, and of course, other Mac, whatever Mac places. There's so many Mac blogs and everything. I'm sure everyone's chattering about it and testing and everything. So, um, but yeah, basically, big thumbs up. I think it's worth the money. I think it's worth the upgrade. Um, and I think yeah, it feels like a real next gen step in hardware and design and usability and speed and power and um yeah really impressed really happy and uh can't wait for more from apple next year that's my like ending thoughts on on the hardware
1: yeah sounds good there's a couple other apple sort of more general news i wanted to touch on so yeah, one of please, them was yeah. um a couple of apple executives they addressed um face id and 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 touchscreen, or the lack of face hitting touch screen on the Mac. Um, so uh, I'm quoting here. So quote um, and face ID. When I stare at the laptop's giant notch, I wonder why I can't unlock the machine with my face. So that's what our journalist is saying. And then Apple's exact response. Um, Mr. Boger said touch ID is more convenient on a laptop since your hands are already on the keyboard. And then for touch screen, max hmm. Apple's official stance is, we make the be- world's best touchscreen computer on the iPad. Um, it's totally optimized <laughs> for that, uh, and the Mac is totally optimized for indirect input. We haven't really felt a reason to change that, and that's John Turnus, Apple's senior VP of Hardware Engineering.
0: Right, because there's some people calling like they basically want a touchscreen iMac, right?
1: Yeah. So what do you, what do you guys think about lack of touchscreen or and or Face ID? Hmm. What
2: do you think, Ted? I you know I don't think i really like touch screen that much. I mean I have an iPad, so but with that it's fine, but you know, I'm always I'm always cleaning the screen you know so <laughs> I don't want I don't really want my screen you know if I want to play a nice game or something like that, I really don't want fingerprints all over my screen while I'm playing or having to spend five minutes cleaning it before I start <laughs> so yeah. I, I'm not a big fan of touchscreen as far as face ID goes I it's it's a cool little thing but I I don't you know I'm I have a, a one of the older MacBook pros um. So, I have the little the finger thing on it, so you can actually open, you know do things or put your passwords in or whatever instead of typing right. you just use your finger and I love that. I think that's really cool and um saves saves me a bunch of typing
0: yeah <laughs> time, I, yeah I set know. it up on my sixteen inch and I've already used it I don't know five or ten times just boop, yeah, um pretty handy for. Uh, as far as the Amex, oh, yeah, I mean, I don't see a use, I can't think of a use case where it's like, I guess I, because I also have a 27-inch one, it's like, what are you going to do with a 27-inch touchscreen, for God's sake? like in reality, I know, that, what are you that really would almost
2: do be silly, it? yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, I could see, okay, in like a 21 or whatever, 21.5, of course, now the new one, new ones are 24s, um, you know, maybe, but... I don't know, it's like, but the iPad Pro, can't you get an iPad Pro that's like friggin' 13 or 14 inches or something, like something enormous? I yeah. I can't remember. It's like just, I mean, okay, they're expensive, like 1500 bucks or something, right? But um, if you're the kind of person, you know, presumably you're a visual artist or a a painter or a, or whatever, some sort of creative individual, um, just, just get an iPad Pro. Like that's literally what it's designed for and right. optimized for um, are those sorts of individuals and professions. So it's super portable, it's super powerful. It doesn't even have like USB-C port on it now and stuff like Thunderbolt. Thunderbolt. Oh wow, it's crazy. Yeah. So it's like you know, cuz what? Microsoft does this, maybe certain other companies, I don't remember who, you know, they have touchscreen yeah, desktop, you know, combo machines. I don't know. I think it's um I think it's unnecessary mostly because of the presence of the iPad, specifically the iPad Pros or even just the regular iPads, but um
1: one, like, interesting analysis I heard of touchscreens is, oh, I wish I knew who said this. It was some VP of one of the big companies, Apple, or right. I think it was probably one of Apple's. He basically said, and I was wondering to Steve Jobs, that touchscreen, like, m- is really marketable and demos really well for, like, 15 minutes. Like, you walk in like, Best Buy, there's a row of laptops, you can, mm. like, interact with the screen and then right. but they basically said when you take that laptop home you will probably never use the touch screen. <laughs> or you will just use your yeah. trackpad or whatever and the only time i've ever used touch screen on i used to own like a one of those hybrid whatever two-in-one right. things um was when i was lying in bed and i would put the laptop like on my <laughs> chest and then the screen would be like above me and i could use my like thumb to like scroll or something um, <laughs> right 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 but i hate the fingerprints on screens. yeah so. mm. yeah so, i think
0: Yeah, I think what Ted said and you just now is really the main deterrent. Like, just no. (laughs) Um, Probably not. Uh, Yeah.
1: One of the things that bothers me so much is when (laughs) someone thinks my Mac screen is a touchscreen and then they try to, like, interact with it. And (laughs) I'm like,
0: oh, no. (laughs) Right. Uh, I gotta go, like, find some... Sure, because they're so used to, like, iPhone, iPad, touch, or whatever, probably. Yeah. 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 Right, that's funny. Um, lack of face ID. Don't really care. I think the touch ID is good enough. Um, I mean, like, my Intel Mac doesn't have that. Um, but it's yeah. fine. Cause I actually use a non, I use a non Apple keyboard. I use uh, a Kinesis gaming split keyboard, actually. So I can kind of reposition it wherever I want. Mostly I got it actually to type on and write on. It's so much more comfortable than a regular keyboard, uh, like a regular size one. Cause I can. Literally, the keyboard split in half with wires. I could, I could put it like five feet apart if I wanted, though that'd be absurd. But I keep it more like a, nor- a natural, like shoulder width apart sort of thing. Anyway, mm-hmm. it's super comfortable to type on, especially for a mechanical keyboard. Um, but I think they make what the, do they make a wireless or wired full they, size Apple keyboard with touch ID now?
1: They do, something? but the, the big asterisk is that it requires Apple silicon. So you cannot uh,
0: use it on an Intel Mac. Interesting. Um, yeah, what I do basically is this, my keyboard, and even my other one had macro buttons. So I just made a macro button. That's my password. So anytime something wants my password, ah. I just press one button and boop, enters my whole password. Super convenient. Mm-hmm. Um So I basically got around that. Um I don't even use Face ID on my phone. Um I guess I do for, like, passwords, and that's it. I guess I don't like the idea of I'm, I'm vaguely paranoid about, like, my camera being on all the time for stuff. I don't know. I'm like some conspiracy guy or something. But mm-hmm. um, people's cameras and stuff do get hacked. It is a thing occasionally. Uh, you hear horror stories. Uh, not that I'm trying to put pe- make people paranoid or something. Um, I don't really have a use for it and myself. I also like I'm not a uh, what do you call it like shared household and multiple people on my computer or anything um, or anything like that. I don't need like specific layers of security. There's certainly people who do and in many situations. Um, but as far as convenience goes on the desktop, I do agree, especially with all the new machines and the new keyboard, basically uh, Silicon Onward. Um, the Touch ID is so simple. Your your hands are there already. It's just boop. It's, you know, it's in, as yeah. instant as Face ID, essentially.
1: I wish they had Face ID as an option, but I would not want right. them to get rid of Touch ID. So
0: yeah, I... that's fair. I don't, I don't, I, I agree. It, you know, Why not make it an option, and the people that want to use it can use it? Um, Absolutely. Um,
1: I had another piece of Apple news. This is just a a very small little tidbit; it doesn't really mean mm. much. But um, I think uh, yesterday, the day before, Microsoft passed Apple for world's most valuable company. So Microsoft is sitting at two point four six trillion market cap. Apple's at two point four (laughs) three. so Apple's. that's still interesting
0: to... that's that's still interesting though i wonder what microsoft did to because i know what apple did to to grow and just be valuable like other than selling windows and pcs and i guess maybe xboxes like what like what is it that propelled microsoft above them i'm kind of curious if there's any specific thing yeah to...
1: Microsofts they've been on a big sort of re not rebranding it's not the right word but like reimagining like? themselves as like mm. they're getting away from like I like think they're still obviously like like PCs and like home computing, but like, um, I think a lot of people just view them as like Windows, and that's yeah. a very tiny portion of their business. Right. Um, they're much more like services based. So they like Office 365, Microsoft Azure, um, the Xbox, obviously, stuff like that. So,
0: right. All the Office products, Microsoft Office, which is also big on like Mac, uh, business or whoever, you know, whoever needs to use those kind of things.
1: Yeah. My, um, My cousin works or worked at Apple, doesn't anymore. They use Office 365 at Apple. So, yeah, it's just stuff like that.
0: Right. Yeah, that's true. Um, They they make good stuff. Yeah, it's true. They've had this, I think, outdated image maybe for quite a long time until, I guess, probably the last few years or this maybe last two or three years or something. Um, So, good on them. Yeah, you know, Microsoft's not the evil devil. They were in maybe the 90s, <laughs> by which I mean in, like, the Mac versus PC wars um, <laughs> in the 90s. Um, now it's like, it really, of course, we're wrapping up this podcast in a couple of minutes, but I do find it very interesting. We have touched upon this before, like, the kind of semi-convergence of platforms and not hardware, but, like, cross—what do you call it? Um, Just cross-compatibility in general mm-hmm. and, like— not like, oh, this is a Windows-only app or Windows-only productivity thing. Or Of yeah. course, there's still a lot of Windows-only games. But, like, outside of that, um, it's just more like, what tool do you need and is it available on your platform? If it is great, use it. Like, Microsoft Office stuff is really, really good. I mean, I don't really like Word that much. But, um, you know, I still use, uh, oh, my God, Excel, for example, is probably super, super good. Um
1: I think a part of it, too, is I think Apple has, has faltered a little bit. I don't mean, like, they've made blunders, but just hmm. kind of the reality of today's computing climate where chips are so hard to come by. So, like, Apple had to cut iPhone 13 orders by 10 million units. So, like, if we assume they make 500 bucks in profit per unit, that's 5000000000 billion. They're just right, not going to get right. this order, stuff like that. So that that obviously drops their share price a little bit. Um, but. right. They can't really do much about that. That's just uh, sure. the nature of TSMC manufacturing literally everybody's chips, or pretty much everybody's chips.
0: Right. Yeah. Nope, so that's about it. Um. Really quick, last minute thing is um, I had a few small games to mention, but I'm probably going to mention just one most appropriate. Uh, it's this really interesting indie game called Black Book. It was released, I think, in August, um, but only the Mac release was just released uh, uh, October 18th, so 10, 11 days ago. Um, it's this. There is also a free Prologue that is Mac-compatible, so you can go to it. Prologue is just a fancy word for demo. Um, but it's this really, really interesting, um, maybe some sort of indie studio out of Eastern Europe or somewhere over there. Um, it's a Slavic tale of, like... I guess, like witchcraft, essentially, hence the name Black Book. So you play this young witch who's out to help people, but also gets wound up with, like making a pact with the devil, I think, to save her boyfriend or something funny. But, um, it sounds like the story may sound juvenile in a sense, but, um, it's actually this really interesting, like, story rich, super atmospheric RPG game where there's exploration, there's combat, there's just like, um, people like you're not like an evil witch you're like i don't know how to call it like one of those i don't know how much like you guys slash listeners have like interacted with slavic tales but basically anyway like uh villagers or people she comes across while she come to her for help like because they know she's a witch and she can like you know do magical things and help them out so she's not like some evil witch in a hat with a cat or whatever your generic witch images um (laughs) you know she's basically like a force for good but also happens to wield like magical powers and fight monsters and help people out it's just a really interesting game um yeah good halloween game too yeah good halloween game i think the visual look of the game is super cool as well it's
1: yeah um if you're listening to this tell me check it out it looks really unique and and like really nice visually it's got a kind of a unique art style
0: yeah, unique art style. The combat's pretty cool. You have to like pick different spells, and you have a literal black book in the game that's like your spell book and everything. And you can you know choose how you you know how you basically develop your. You don't have like stat trees to fill out or something, but um, there's choices in the story. There's choices around your character and like what spells you use, and the con. It's super unique. There's a demo. Um, it's very thematic. It's very positively rated as a ninety four percent. Rating on Steam from roughly almost 2,000 people. So a lot of people like it. Super cool. There's a demo. It's not even that expensive. It's $20, $25. Normally it's on sale for $20 right now. Um, Yeah, really cool game. And uh, check it out. Great for this time of year. Black Book by, oh my God, can I say their name? (laughs) The developer is uh, Morteshka, if I'm saying that correctly. Published by Hype Train Digital. So yeah, good Halloween game and it's on sale. And it has a free demo. Basically, no reason to not just go go mm-hmm. and have a look. Yeah, I did play through the prologue. Um, really cool variety of gameplay, that exploration, kind of like interacting, helping with townspeople. Um, and then the combat also. Pretty cool. So, Black Book. Perfect Halloween game. And uh, that will do us. We've all kind of got to go do other things. Uh, we'll be back next week with... A show talking about I don't know what yet, <laughs> something <laughs> something macky gamey techie related. And uh, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, lastly, um, just quick mention: I uh, uh, intend to be making more of a. Uh, like community push, I guess, want to try and interact more with listeners, um, get them into the discord, generate some discussion and questions. Um, but if anyone has questions, thoughts, comments, you know, you can find us on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube. Uh, if you like the show on Spotify or Apple podcast or whatever, kindly leave like uh, ratings or reviews or anything that always helps us out, helps us grow. If you like the show, share it with someone, all that would be really appreciated. Um, Trying to make more of a sort of an organic push in that sense. Um, and that'll do us. So thanks again, Sam, for being here. I know you got to go to work in a minute. And thank you very much, Ted, also for making the time. And thanks for listening. And we'll catch everyone next time and have a good evening.
1: See you later, everyone.
0: Yep. Good night. All right, gents. I think that'll wrap up our podcast. We covered a lot about silicon, what we were we talking about before, Apple history. Kind of bash them a little bit, but that's okay. We love them. That wraps it up. Thanks everyone for listening. Thanks always to Sam and Cass for being here. You guys are awesome. Really love the tech stuff at the end, by the way. All those extra details. I like. I have like a very service level understanding of some of this stuff, or in some cases, not at all. So I really enjoy hearing you guys either talk about it or answer my questions. I appreciate that.
1: All right. See you later, everybody.
0: Yeah. Cheers. A big thank you to Kevin McLeod for the intro and outro music. Be sure to check out his library on the web. You can find more episodes of our show on our website, macgamecast.com, or in all major podcast directories. If you enjoy the show, please consider commenting, following, or sharing. Thanks again for listening, and see you next time. A big thank you to Kevin McLeod for the intro and outro music. Be sure to check out his library on the web. You can find more episodes of our show on our website, macgamecast.com, or in all major podcast directories. If you enjoy the show, please consider commenting, following, or sharing. Thanks again for listening, and see you next time.